0: This is episode 45 of the Kratom Sobriety Podcast. This is Jacob, and today on the podcast, we have an interview with Brett. Brett is a young woman who had gotten addicted and started using Kratom at a very young age, in her teenage formative years. She details that experience in the interview that I had with her, as well as some of the consequences of her addiction, including some mental health challenges and problems and hospitalization as a result of her usage. So it's a story that has quite a bit of personal challenges and turmoil, but it's also a story of redemption and recovery as Brett's had about three years of sobriety from Kratom under her belt, which makes her the person with the second most amount of sobriety that has appeared on the podcast this far. So... For our opening today, I wanted to talk a little bit about mental health and the impacts that creating can have on your mental health. We get into a little bit of this in the discussion in the interview with Brett, but I figured I'd talk a little bit about my experience with mental health as a result of my brain addiction and uh, just some of the, the things that we've heard on the podcast or seen online and that are, that are frequently discussed when it comes to mental health. One of the Biggest challenges that I had with kratom addiction was relapse. I talk about it in the episode I was on, and I've talked about it several times in various segments over the the past few months on on the podcast. But basically, I had a lot of challenges with relapsing, and that was mostly due to the mental health effects that I suffered as a result of kratom addiction. I have a history of substance abuse. Many different things, which unfortunately has given me experience with withdrawal off of several different things. And really, for me, the physical kratom withdrawals—they sucked. I'm not gonna lie; they were up there on par with opiates, way worse than alcohol, and they were—it was just hell on earth. But I was able to get through that cold turkey at least ten times, maybe more. I don't remember. It was just so many relapses. What ultimately triggered pretty much every single one of those relapses was the never-ending mental anguish that came with quitting Kratom. For me, and for what I've read online, and from the guests I've spoken to, as well as other people I've spoken to in the recovery community, there is a mental health component that many people feel when coming off of Kratom. I would describe it as this impending sense of doom and feeling that things are never going to get better. Um, I just personally felt like the world was collapsing around me and that I was in my own sort of mental hell prison that I could not escape. I could not find joy in anything. I had endless and extreme anxiety. My thought process became somewhat delusional. I started to think about relapsing on other drugs to take the pain away. In the last relapse I had, the mental health effects were so bad that I was honestly contemplating suicide, which I had never ever done before with any sort of substance or with any struggles I've had in my life. I think it's due, and I'm not a scientist or a doctor, so this is purely my opinion and conjecture, but I really think it has to do with the effect that kratom has and the alkaloids in kratom have on your serotonin system and that kind of SSRI component that is part of the alkaloids that make up kratom. It just seems to really mess with your ability to have joy and to experience and to be able to cope with life in general. And I don't think it gets a lot of attention most of the time when people are talking about kratom and kratom withdrawals and addiction. They they focus on the opiate like physical aspect of the experience. But I often think, and for me, this was definitely true that the mental health side of it is often as bad or sometimes even worse than the physical which is why I think more research needs to be done on this particular aspect of Kratom and how that is interacting with one's mental health particularly when it comes to treatment because I think there's there's effective treatments for Kratom for me, medicated assisted treatment was effective, there's Short term things people do to get through the withdrawals. But I think a lot of those don't actually treat the mental health aspects of it. And that's something that can be problematic and can lead to very bad and, and very somewhat challenging mental health for a while. We'll get on to the interview in a second, but I would just want to leave the listeners with this. I think if you're gearing up to, to Kratom, Get ready for not only a physical, but a mental battle, and it will get better. It may take some time, but I promise you that with enough time away from Kratom and with the benefit of hindsight, you'll be able to get through that mental health challenge and come out of it most likely even a stronger person. But it is and can be a very challenging experience for some. Now on to the interview with Brett. This is Jacob and today I'm here with Brett. Hey Brett, how are you doing?
1: Hey, how are you?
0: I'm good as well. Thank you for being on the podcast today and for being willing to share your story with others. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Okay, so my name is Brett. I am a licensed massage therapist. I like to play music. I like to read.
0: Yeah. What kind of music do you play?
1: I like grunge type music or like shoegaze or
0: like Nirvana, any like a
1: broad genre, just whatever sounds good to me. I like play sometimes. I'm not that good, though, but I'm starting to learn, so I'm excited about that.
0: Keep practicing, play guitar, but I don't play that much anymore. I got more into DJing and some other stuff when I was older, but that's a whole other story. So when is your Kratom abstinence date, Brett?
1: I quit... Kratom, I started the process of putting Kratom about five years ago, around when I was 19, and I officially quit Kratom probably three years ago.
0: Oh, wow. Three years ago. That's great. We don't often get guests that have been away from it for that long. So that's one that's really awesome. I'm so glad that you've been able to, to get that much sobriety under your belt. So really just cool. Yeah. So There's how did you... Yeah, it is a newer drug for sure. It's not that prevalent. Not a lot of people know about it. So how did you first come in contact to Kratom and what was your kind of starting point with the substance?
1: When I was 14, there was a Kratom bar called down the street from me and I was too young to go to bars or anything. Me and my friends that were also underage we were like, "What can we do today?" And we just started visiting the bar down the street in my neighborhood. We weren't old enough to drive, so we literally walked there and we started drinking kratom together. And oh, wow. after a while, I was just there all the time, going there after school. And yeah. Well, so this kratom bar
0: actually, this kratom bar actually served you like drinks of kratom as a fourteen-year-old.
1: Yep, they did at first. But after a while, um, they started, they wouldn't kick us out. But they would tell us, no, we can't serve eat Kratom. So we'd get older people to buy Kratom for us.
0: So yeah, tell me a little bit about that. So you you go to the Kratom bar for the first time at 14. And then you said you were you, you started ended up going a lot more frequently and then had people buying it for you. How did that progress over time?
1: I liked it at the time. I didn't think it was an issue because there wasn't a lot out on Kratom. There wasn't support groups. There wasn't any of that stuff back then. There's only maybe two underground articles that would say, hey, this drug might not be good for you. But even the articles at the time was saying that it's like a miracle drug. So I didn't think anything of it until I was about around 19.
0: Okay. And what year was, what year was it, if you don't mind me asking, when you first started, just for context? Around
1: 2015. 2015.
0: Okay. Okay. So it's a progression of about five years through some of your your formative teenage years, getting through high school, going on to probably either work or more education. What happened then?
1: When I was 19 or while I was drinking it.
0: All all of the above.
1: Okay, I didn't think anything of it because I made a lot of friends. I felt like I was a part of a community, like I had a support system. And it was a fun drug. It got me through school. It did help in academics a little bit. Certain strains are supposed to help you with focus. Green strength it was helping me for a little bit, but by the time I was 19... I started to, I moved out, and I was really excited that I moved out, and I just felt like I could do whatever I want I'm free. I can drink as mm-hmm. much Kratom as I want. So I was drinking, like, by the time I moved out, around when I was 18, 19, somewhere around there, I was drinking about giant cups like this, full of really strong powder, just chugging it every single day, and okay,
0: so you were full on addicted at that point. Yeah. Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, it's what's worse until it's not. It's yeah terrible. It's like one of those drugs that don't creep on up on you until later. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've interviewed a lot of people and maybe even it's sooner with other people, I don't know, but it was a progression for me because my brain was still developing and I thought something that was helping me actually Resin- ruin the rest of my life
0: yeah what so sorry did you have you ever used any other substances or any had had any other problems with addiction of any kind nope. no, so this was your kind of first go around with that and did you do you use any other like recreational drugs or drink or anything like that? no okay, so you were just just using kratom okay, wow, what eventually made you decide that you had to quit when was the turning point what happened from there
1: after I turned nineteen and I was drinking, all of giant doubles a day. It, on top of that, going to different Kratom bars, I started to get delusional. I started, I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't eating, because I was on so much of it. And one day, started getting really delusional. I got in a fight with someone I was living with at the time, and I got kicked out. So That's how bad it was. And I got in my car and left, and I was so delusional that I was driving on the wrong side of the road on a really busy street. That's how bad this messed me up. So they took me to the hospital, and I was acting delusional at the hospital. So they took me to the psych ward, and they kept me under psych watch for two weeks. And the doctor asked me, have you taken any drugs lately and i told him kratom so the doctor said at the time they didn't know whether i actually had issues or if it was the drug or if it was kratom Mm -hmm. and the doctor told me that it might be from kratom there was no research on it at the time nobody knew what kratom was He felt as if he didn't have enough authority to say, hey, this this is the Kratom. But after that, I got better because I moved back in with my parents and that's how I quit. They were like, this was the Kratom. I know that's not you. It's not something you would do. And after I got through the withdrawals and got off of it, I got sent to a neurologist and he told me that the Kratom was melting the front part of my frontal lobe from doing it at such a age.
0: I have not heard that before, but that is, I'm so sorry this happened to you and and you had that experience. What were the withdrawals like for you? And did they give you anything to help you get through it at the hospital or how did that go?
1: The withdrawals, it was the same as when I was really deep on it. I wouldn't sleep. I wouldn't eat. I would be all shaky. I would worry. Nothing would make sense. And. Yeah, when I started to relapse a couple times, this is when they found out that it was the Kratom. Is because I was completely normal, but the couple times I did relapse, I ended up in the hospital.
0: Oh, wow, okay. (laughs) If you don't mind my asking, how many times was that? Was it just a couple or?
1: Because the Kratom community was telling me that, (sighs) because the Kratom community was telling me it wasn't the Kratom. Mm -hmm. You're just crazy. Blah 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 blah. I was like, okay, it probably wasn't the kratom. So they brainwashed me into thinking there was something wrong with me, and that it was completely the kratom. So, yeah,
0: yeah. It's it's easy to, especially if you're like wanting to relapse. It's real easy to just read or something that maybe in the back of your mind you might think twice about doing, but because you get that positive reinforcement, you're like, yep, I can give this another try. Like People that haven't been through addiction, I don't think really understand it and know what it's like to truly want to stop doing something, to but to just find it so almost physically impossible to do and like how hard it is to continue to not just go back into it when it's like you said, it's right there all the time. And it's not everything's right there all the time, but it's just the way it is, especially if you live in a big city like I do. What kind of support system do you have now in place? To support your recovery you've been sober for three years have you been sober from everything or what does your life look like today
1: for a long time my only support system was my family because all my friends that i was drinking kratom with kind of tro- chose the drug over me well,
0: probably a lot of your childhood friends right because of when you started i would assume
1: yeah, that's the thing about addiction too—is that mm. you figure out who your real friends are, and it's lonely at first. But then it always gets better. Thing about freedom, too is whether where I live, it's not because I know in a lot of other states they sold up the gas station and told me this is good for me, so take it. Mm-hmm. But where I live, it's very popular. It's just as popular as alcohol. And the thing—the okay. thing about it is—is is that. Most people that drink it just throw away their hobbies, throw away their jobs. I know a lot of people that would like go through jobs so quick just so they could sit at the Kratom bar and drink Kratom. The thing about it is that it's lonely at first for my experiences and where I live because most people my age are on Kratom and they don't see anything wrong with it. But after being off of it for a while, you figure out who you're real friends are and he's actually there for you and he's good for you and he's not going to tell you hey just drink this it's a miracle drug it's going to cure you know yeah because the the two biggest states it's like biggest in is california and florida but like the great industry is like trying to make it a normal thing like coffee or something and It's not worth it. The side effects, how it affects people, what it does to people, how addictive it is. It's not worth it.
0: Yeah. What you just spoke about with people that can't hold down a job because as soon as they get some money, they go spend it all at the Kratom bar. That's no different than someone that goes and goes to an alcohol bar and drinks all their paycheck away and then loses their job or goes and buys a bag of heroin and sits in a hotel room and shoots up until all the money's gone and loses their job. That's just addiction, pure and simple. It's no different. Yeah. In my opinion.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah. it's the same concept, but the thing the thing about that too is that like how it affected me personally in that way is I was that person too. I was a straight A student at the time and was going into college at the time. But the minute I turned 18, I only took like two semesters and I just chose the Kratom over it. I just wanted to sit at the Kratom bar all day. And I just wasn't motivated Changed my life in that way. It gave me the motivation to get up, go to trade school, get a license start with music again because I was, I did learn guitar before. I learned guitar before I started drinking Kratom, but around the time I started drinking Kratom is when I stopped. So it's easy to just drop everything for it when you're that far into it.
0: Yeah, it is easy to drop everything when you're that far into something. I've messed up many a relationship and destroyed friendships and other shit through various addictions over the years it's not funny why i'm just laughing at it because sometimes you just have to brush things off (laughs) some way but anyways what was i saying yeah it can be very difficult it's just something you have to work work through yeah i think the normalization of kratom too is is somewhat worrying because i'm not taking a stance on if it should be banned or shouldn't be banned like i think there's enough people arguing about that and i just really don't want to get involved in it right now, but I do think that it's pretty disingenuous how it's marketed in some aspects and how it's touted as like this thing that doesn't have a lot of downsides. I don't think there's anything wrong with someone saying that like they get benefits some, from something personally, but I think it's not good to hide the other side of it. Because like you, when I first heard about it and was looking into it, the only thing I could find was that if there were withdrawals it would be like coffee or something like that and i have stopped drinking coffee at several points in my life for weeks to months and i maybe felt like a little insomnia one like night for an hour or two so nothing I also don't think you should be able to buy Kratom as a 14-year-old, so that's really shocking to me. And I just realized for the listeners, Brett was speaking about cups when she was talking about how much Kratom she was using, and she made, a like I would say, like a 20 to 24-ounce glass-type size comparison with her hands, just for context of her intake, if you were curious about that. and sorry I didn't catch it earlier in the podcast. Let's lighten things up a little bit. If you, now that you're... Off of kratom, and you've been sober for a few years. Let's say you had unlimited money and could travel anywhere in the world. Where would you go, and why?
1: So I would go basically anywhere in Europe because you can just jump on a train, visit a bunch of different places within weeks. I would love to visit the different like temples and churches and things like that.
0: Europe's got a Europe's got a lot of really uh, cool old churches. And yes, you should definitely do that. There's a church. It's like outside of Prague, the Czech Republic. I don't remember the name of the town, but it's a bone church. It's literally they, what happened was after the plague in the Middle Ages, they wanted to farm some of the land where they had buried so many dead people. So they dug up all the land so they could farm it and they had to put the bones somewhere. So they put them in a church to be like somewhat caring for the people that had passed. So there's emblems of family that The noble family whose land it was made out of bone. And there's all these other various bone monuments. And there's these big staggers. Just look up Bone Church, Czech Republic. You can see all about it. But yeah, go there when you go to Europe.
1: Mm.
0: It'd be cool. If that's not morbid enough for you. (laughs)
1: That would would be really intense.
0: It was um, intense, moving, and very interesting and unique all in one. And the little village it's in is really cool. I know what it's called. It's called Kutna Ora in the Czech Republic. Okay. If you were to give someone advice for getting off of Kratom, what would you want to tell them?
1: I would tell them that I would tell them that not it's a process along the way. It's a very lonely process putting Kratom or any type of drug because people you think cared about you just go away, choose the drug over you, and then you realize that They're not real friends. So the thing about addiction is that there's a community aspect. And once that's taken away, you know, you just have to build yourself back up, keep your mind preoccupied with hobbies and all of those different things. And it eventually gets better. The withdrawals go away. And it's better to quit right away than it is to wait years down the line. Because the more, the deeper you go into it, the harder it is to get off of it. So,
0: Yeah, it can definitely be like you said, a lonely road. There's also ways to build community in sobriety. If, if you're feeling lonely, re- reach out to, to others in recovery, join some groups, maybe even go to a meeting or two. It doesn't have to be AANA if that's not your thing. Charlie, Decima and I actually text each other quite a bit and talk to each other. Sometimes we get vulnerable about things that are going on because just like you all, we we still struggle from time to time with kratom and thinking about it and that sort of thing. Uh Yeah, it's good. You need to have, like you said, a community. It's important. Human beings are social animals where I think we often forget that just because we live in a modern society doesn't mean we don't have animal instincts and whatnot. And Humans do better in groups versus on their own. It's just That's the way it works. If you're missing a community, there's usually one out there. What else would you like to tell the listeners about your experience or your thoughts on Kratom in general or anything, really?
1: I mean, I already shared a lot of it, but it's definitely nice. One of the things about, I don't know if this gets too bluey, but I feel like the thing about quitting Kratom too is you get closer to your source because you don't have a drug telling you how to act, telling you how to react, running off of chemicals in your brain when it's actually the drug, you think it's you. But the minute you quit a drug, you start feeling more in tune with your natural self and you don't really know who you really are. Do you quit kratom or whatever the case is, alcohol, anything like that?
0: When you take something like Kratom or, or alcohol or Xanax or something that kind of numb you out, you're going to numb out your soul a little bit, too, or a lot, depending on how much you're taking.
1: Yeah. Cool. Definitely. Yeah. I, I agree.
0: We're really appreciative of you coming on here to tell your story. I think it's really awesome that you've got three years of sobriety under your belt. Really good stuff. Keep it up. And, you know,
1: it's years much it was like if I keep drinking this stuff I'm not gonna make it, so it yeah for me.
0: yeah it, things like that can be particularly with the, the incident that, that, that you shared about your experience when you were, were hospitalized with using kratom so that can that can definitely be something that that shocks you to your core yeah Thank you so much, Brett, for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate it. And stay in touch and have a nice evening.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me.
2: them in the headlines. Before I share this scientific article in the published literature about mental health, I want to just talk briefly about my own experience with how kratom use affected my mental well-being. And one of the challenges when talking about this topic, both for clinicians and for scientists, is parsing out what is pre-existing conditions and what is made worse by kratom use. Many of us are attracted to kratom in the first place to deal with depression or anxiety, and like many others. When I first started using Kratom, I felt relief in those areas from Kratom use. Now, over time, it became less effective, partly because of tolerance. So I had to take more. And as I took more, then I started experiencing withdrawals. And then the withdrawals were rebound effect from the Kratom that made me more depressed, more anxious. And there was another set of conditions that I, mental health symptoms that I experienced as well. One is I would have these manic phases that I don't ever have normally. Didn't experience it when I drank or did other drugs. In the manic phases where I'd get less sleep, I would go on spending sprees, might do work binges or work consecutive days on a home project. And this went away when I, went back off Kratom, 10 months off. I'm not experiencing that anymore. And the second was, and I've talked about this in previous podcasts, I had a lower distress tolerance. I start to lose my cool, lose my temper. I definitely experienced that when I was younger, in my 20s, and I just outgrew it. That's one of the only benefits about getting old. Now off Kratom, I've returned back to normal and things are much calmer. (laughs) I'm not having those Kratom tantrums anymore. I know I'm just a case study of one, so you have to be careful what you can extrapolate, but I definitely feel a lot of those symptoms were related to Kratom because they weren't present before, and then they went away when I got off of Kratom. All right, this article is called Kratom's Rising Role and the Potential Exacerbation of Mental Health Disorders, a Case Report and a Review of the Literature. It was published in Psychiatry Research Case Reports in 2022. And here's the abstract. Kratom, a non-federally regulated botanical herb, is widely growing in popularity as a naturopathic alternative for mood, anxiety, and attention deficit symptoms, along with legal recreational use as a psychoactive agent, is probably sold without restriction and easily accessible over-the-counter at specialty vape and smoke shops and on the internet. Kratom's most abundant alkaloids have demonstrated multi-monistic properties via dopamine, serotonin, stimulant, and mu opioid type receptors interaction in a dose-dependent manner. Given the reported association between kratom consumption and its mood altering and stimulant-like effects, we considered its role in the exaberation of the predisposed or certain pre-existing mental health disorders. In addition, kratom's psychoactive compounds derivatives are not detected in routine urine toxics reports, which may pose a diagnostic obstacle when suspecting its use in critical settings such as Acute mania or bipolar disorder with psychiatric features. Considering its growing availability, potential for addiction and withdrawal, the authors aim to highlight the need for further research on the pros and def- the potential effects of kratom, and its use as a crucial consideration during assessment, as well as the association between kratom use and the exaggeration of the, those with predisposed to or with certain pre-existing mental health disorders. We concluded that on balance there was sufficient evidence to justify the plausibility of the association between kratom ingestion and exceeding doses and the exasperation of certain psychiatric manifestations such as psychosis. Mangled a bunch of those words, but we're just gonna go with it. (laughs) To be fair, I'll put in the show notes along with this one a link to another article where it says Kratom has the potential to help improve mental health. The issue that they cited in that article was that there needs to be way more research, especially in clinical human studies. So that's it for Kratom and the headlines this week. It's been a little bit of a heavy episode. So for the resource of the week, Decima has something on a lighter note. So I hope you enjoy. And until next time, keep it Kratom free.
3: You should just know that we don't do this a lot. So this is like a really huge deal. Hello, Decima here, and I'm going to need you to raise your hand if you are a girl who has ever been personally victimized by Kratom. Well, get in, quitters. We're going supporting, because on WhatsApp, we wear pink. Quitting Kratom Support now has a women's-only chat that is absolutely And we are definitely making it happen. We are not just regular women. We are cool women because we support each other. We chat about everything from whether or not butter is a carb to the rules of feminism and whether or not ex-boyfriends really are off limits. We don't care if you don't even go here because you can still sit with us. You can even wear the hoop earrings and maybe you can stop wearing your hair so big to hide all those secrets. If you would like to be a part of the coolest women's chat on WhatsApp, there's no need to throw yourself in front of a bus to get our attention. Just reach out to me the cool mom by dropping me an email at services at gmail.com. See you there girl quitters. I promise we won't be mean.
0: I'm sorry I laughed at you that time you got diarrhea.